Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. And considering we both harassed him yesterday. We did. Yeah, we did. He got back to you, though. He didn't get back to me. Well, he knows I you're really important on Two blue ticks. Yeah. <laughs> you can do the introduction, though. Well, he sits sixth on the all-time most wickets list for New Zealand at 233 test wickets. He's bowled um, a over, lot of overs. over 14,000 deliveries. Ooh. That hurts just saying that. But he's still in great nick, and I hear that he will be playing uh, early on in 2023, we'll see him again on the screens. What? Running into bowl for team cricket in the Black Clash. But it is Chris Martin who has been unbelievable talent for New Zealand, and everyone can remember him with his sweatband on. Um, and it, his batting was spoken about a lot, but it was his bowling that was very impressive. Played for Canterbury, Auckland, Warwickshire. Went back to Canterbury again, finished his career in Auckland. Um, and probably, I feel, could have played a couple more years. I almost feel like he retired a little bit too early, but maybe those 14,000 balls got <laughs> at, to... At 38. Yeah. And known as Tommy, great nickname. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. I'm actually five foot six now. Um, <laughs> and and, and I'm, I've just... That 14,000 balls is probably just... Uh, Knowing about it dropped another inch off as well. So um, good to be here. Good to be talking to you. Did you did you know that it was fourteen thousand deliveries that you had bowled? No, and it, it's not something I don't know if you guys watch the footage of fast bowlers' ankles and and sort of joints hitting the surface. You know, slow mo sort of close up angles and you think to yourself how did I not like break a million things each time I did that um so yeah to get away with it 14,000 times without doing an ankles is pretty good effort well that was of course that was just in test match cricket I mean if we want to go first class you you, you were touching 40,000 deliveries and that Holy was taking hell. away the the trainings and the the many hours that you would have been bowling to the likes of Brendan McCullum uh in the nets and Chris Cairns who you just pipped, Chris Cairns was number seven in the list, all-time list, at 213 wickets. Um, and uh, now you have been taken over by Wagner, Bolt, and Southey. Uh, and I think... Oh, way from, to bring him down, mate. Way to bring from, him down. From memory, though, um, <laughs> from memory, Tommy, you uh, you were sitting at third for quite a while. Um, yeah, and I suppose I would have probably played with um, at least Bolt and Southey thinking, you know, I'm, I'm only going to be hanging out at number three for a wee while. Um, so <laughs> I stuck it in there. Um, as far as Wags, <laughs> he's just, he's surprised the hell out of everyone, hasn't he? He's been an amazing yeah. foil for those other two. Um, and it's not very often that New Zealand cricket has three guys who have played for as long as they have together um, and accumulated as many wickets. It's been, um, it's been phenomenal to watch, actually. 40,000 balls, I, I just can't get over. That is a whole heap of work, Chris. 
Did you love bowling, or were you really good at it, or a bit of both? Uh, it was. I, it sort of fell into my lap a, re, a wee bit that that cricket career. Um, I mean, I I obviously enjoyed it, and I suppose figured out that I could get paid to do it, uh, and I enjoyed the travel, um, and I enjoyed the camaraderie and the mateship. So I think. Uh, the fact that it turns into a job and then you start to actually gauge and measure yourself against the best in the world, that's when you really start to figure out the enjoyment side of it because not everybody enjoys that side of it. Uh, so you really have to you know, figure out where, you, where your headspace is and um, what gets you out of bed every day to go and do it because you're not always the best out there doing it, um, but you've still got to you know, put, put the hard yards in for, for, for your teammates and, and, and all the people watching, really. So when you look back at, say, your progression up to first-class level, then into the test game, through those junior years, did, did you think you had a fair bit of talent or you were just out there competing with your friends and it wasn't until maybe in your teens when you you recognised something could happen? I think teens is a little early. I think a few of the people that I played um, with um, throughout that period um, were going on and doing um, pretty cool things. Uh, I was still caught probably with a lot of friends from school playing club cricket, not really getting a lot of um, traction, probably due to you know being a juvenile um, delinquent at that age. But um, I think it mm-hmm. gradually uh, I started to figure out that I needed to be a lot more professional. I think that would have hit me around the age of 21, 22, and I, I got the opportunity to go to the New Zealand Cricket Academy, and it, it, it kind of sharpened me up and wisened me up and probably showed me a pathway that I never really knew was there. Uh, and I got stronger and fitter, and uh, I think from that point on, I always wanted to play for New Zealand. So uh, that was the, the crucial um, piece in the puzzle. Um, and then once I, I got a little taste for it, um, then you just want more of it. So um, that's when the hard work really starts. Chris, how much of a delinquent were you in those years, and who was it? Did you have any coaches that you think back to that had a real instrumental part in your career of, of getting to the top? Um, I think <laughs> it's the odd conversation you have, especially uh, I think at the club level, um, where you turn up one day and, and you haven't been out for as late as you normally would, and you take you know seven or eight wickets, and one of the senior guys goes to me, you know, you, you're much better a bowler when you when you're not half drunk. Um, so I think you know little moments with guys like Ben Harris, which is Chris Harris's brother. Um, Garfield Charles was another guy who who mm. figured out pretty early that I could throw the ball about 100 metres, and he said, you should be able to bowl about 140 if you can do that. So those guys um, definitely hit you uh, at, at the right time too. You know, you, you, you will be sitting having a beer when they hit you, um, but they, they definitely sharpen you up pretty quickly. Wow, that, that's quite a party trick after a few beers of throwing a ball 100 metres. Um, so well, we, 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 when did you feel like a, a fast bowler for the first time? Um, oh, that's a hard one because, I, I mean, I spent a lot of time bowling with Bondi. Um, so I think when you're in your formative years and, you, and you're trying to compete against Bondi, you never really feel like a fast bowler. Um, but occasionally, um, I think at the first class level, you definitely feel like it. Like you can, you can break hands and break ribs and hit people in the head. Um, but at the test level, that very rarely happens. So uh, I think any time you're playing for your country, um, feeling you know super fast and, and in that top echelon, um, I never quite felt like that. Um, but any time you hit 
you know, between 140 and 145, um, you can definitely, you know, hurry people. Um, but there's a there's a 145 to 155 where it's you actually brutalise people. Um, I never quite yeah. got to that phase. <laughs> yeah, Chris, you you probably finished just almost at the start of T20. Is it something that you wish you had played in this era now, and you could, I guess. Um, tamper with the sort of skills that they've got all these different slow balls um, you got a small taste for it did you enjoy it um, I did actually I, I just think that a lot of people um, coming through uh, it, it helps with your imagination on the amount of deliveries in your arsenal it, it also um, makes you aware that the, the batting is just getting so good you can't put the same ball down twice so um, I think that creativity and that imagination is what all young players need in their game, just to sort of figure out, you know, where they can go and how good they can get. Um, I think growing up, it was all about, you know, bowling the same ball repetitively in the same area um, to put people under pressure and, and just to let them make an error. Whereas I think today, um, I think you'll see guys like Trent and guys like um, Tim if they're struggling uh, in a test match, they can bring out all sorts of skills and angles and tools that they've learnt uh, through playing with the white ball as well. So I think that just makes everybody a better cricketer if you can if you can kind of keep those those tools um, getting better and you know utilising them in all formats. You of course played in the first T20 World Cup back in 2007. Uh, we're about to see the, the latest edition of. So what tricks did you have in your, in your bag at that? Uh, event. It, did did you have a whole heat? What, what were the bowling plans in two thousand and seven? Was was it fairly sort of same plan as used to use in say a one day international? I think with the new ball it was. Uh, I think um, you've got a very uh, for a guy like me who can actually swing the ball. Um, you've got yep. at least four overs um, where you might be able to swing it. Uh, so I think back then they had um, you know. Oh, I'd generally bowl two or three up front uh, and then braces might whip me off and put on someone who could field. Um, so um, <laughs> that was kind of the role. <laughs> um, but I think uh, I definitely had a slower ball. I, I didn't have, um, I suppose, the variety of slower balls that you actually need today. Um, and yeah. I think the back of the hand was a little bit far-fetched for me. But again, using angles, um, I had a pretty good Yorker as far as steepness goes. It was quite hard to get hold of if I got it in the right spot. But again, I had to swing the ball and treat it like the first, you know, 10 overs of a one-day game. For um, And that's probably why I didn't end up playing a hell of a lot because you actually, I think you need to be super fast um, and taking a lot of white ball, uh, sorry, new ball wickets to, to sort of do the sort of role that I was doing. Uh, Tommy, how did you enjoy, because I remember that you were involved in the era where they had um, that substitution rule, and I think it was just for one day, is where you could have a 12th man and you could bring them in at any stage of the game. Um, and from memory, either you were brought in or taken out of the game early on. How did you enjoy that rule at, at that time? Um, it made perfect sense for... Um you know, the, the skill set that I didn't have, which was batting, um, I think um, I would have probably played uh, half a dozen games where perhaps that rule was available. Uh, it wasn't around for very long. Um, again, if you're relying on your number 11 to, to win your games with the bat, it wasn't really that functional uh, in, in, you know, outcome of the game. But if you could pull someone in who could 
who could bowl, um, you know, like I could at, at a certain point in the game, then that was definitely helpful. But, um, yeah, it didn't really affect... I don't think I would have had a, a longer career with the white ball if that rule had stuck around, to put it that way. Your test debut on Monday. It's the 22nd anniversary of you making your test debut against South Africa, a side lizard with talent. Do you remember your first test wicket as if it was yesterday? I do, actually, because um, that was you know one of those moments, and I'm sure, T.S., you've had yeah. that same feeling where you play um, and you you sort of, you know, you've got no blood really in your face. You look like a ghost. You're, you're just trying to hang in there and figure <laughs> out what you can Yep. You can um, cut it at that level, um, and you get that first wicket, and that changes your mindset, and it, it makes you believe. So mine was Gary Kirsten. Um, it was right before lunch, so I'd had a, a full session out there already without a lot of success, um, and he, he went sort of drove at one, um, and it flew through the Nathan Astle. So I remember it vividly because it was a, a ball that he shouldn't have played, but um, it flew through, and I felt like, you know, I'm, I'm capable, and... Um, a decent enough bowler to get a guy like him out. So it just, yeah, it makes you relax and you, and you get on with your day and you hope that you get a few more. Well, D- Daryl Tuffy went to first change. So you bowled first change in the in the first innings, but then it looked like you took the new ball uh, in the second innings. So was that something, um, I guess, of a... Asserting his dominance early. Yeah, asserting it early, but uh, they, they realised, well, this is a man that's going to be taking the new ball for New Zealand in the future. Perhaps. I think also there was a speedball radar there. Um, and I actually surprised myself. Um, and I remember Scotty Styrus being surprised that New Zealand actually had a bowler who could bowl 140. So um, that was possibly the reason that, you know, once you um, start running in and trusting the ball, uh, where the ball is going to go, and you start bowling in a certain um, click, um, you generally will get given that new ball. So. I think that's what happened um, in, in that second innings. Um, but we were, I think Daryl and I um, and Brooke Walker, like a lot of us were all either A, making our debuts or just playing our first few games. So um, I think we only had, I mean, if Shane O'Connor was there, I don't remember. Um, I remember he was there briefly. Um, but we didn't have Nash, Cairns, um, sort of the people that, um, you know, had been in that side for quite a number of years to learn off. They were all um, injured and not available. Now you're right, Shane O'Connor, uh, Tuffy, Martin, Walker, Astle, McMillan did the bowling against a, a side from South Africa that had so much talent. You got a bit of a bunny in the second innings. Do you know who, who you got in the second innings? A bunny? Um, oh, um, oh, Jacques Callas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest cricketers have ever walked the face of the earth. But I'd like to know, when you make your debut, I think you're 25, so you're not old, but you're not young. So what, what expectations did, did you feel like you could achieve in Test cricket when you, when you, came, when you came in? Because some people have a maniacal self-belief, right? I'm in this team. I'm going to be in it now for the next sort of 10, 15 years. What did Chris Martin have in his mind? Um, I think one tour at a time. I mean, I, I would have probably played for Canterbury at the age of 23 and then I'm playing for New Zealand at the age of 25 so it was it was pretty quick I, I still wasn't really a professional either and I, I didn't really have a rig that would would get me you know through the day bowling at 140 um, that wasn't really going to happen so I, I was a long way from the finished article so um, figuring that out uh, as I played my first you know half a dozen tests 
um, it was pretty eye-opening because I, I wasn't as good as perhaps my captain needed me to be at all times. So um, I actually had to go away and, and, and get professional, get strong, um, put on 8 to 10 kgs of, of muscle that could you know, make sure that I turned up every day and could bowl the way I needed to. Um, but again, that was at 28. So that's why I played till I was 38, I think, because I actually figured out I was good enough and I wanted to play for as long as I could. So that was my 10 years from probably 28 to 38. So I had nothing less to you. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't playing into my 40s like Jimmy Anderson. Christ, that would have killed me. <laughs> he is incredible. But so, Tommy, you must have had a highlight. I mean, I've got a scorecard here that I think will be your highlight in Test Cricket. But is there a game where you think, oh, everything just clicked and you got the rewards and New Zealand won, uh, one that sticks out in your mind when you reflect? Um, well, it's always, I suppose, the South African game at Eden Park. Or, um, I mean, I had a, a morning at the Basin where I think I got the first six Sri Lankan wickets um, all in a row. So that was that was another morning where everything was going right. But uh as far as a, a full game where you get your tenfer and, and you help win a game, um, it was definitely Eden Park. Yeah, that's the that that's the scorecard I've got out yet. Yeah, six, six for seventy six in the first innings and a, and a five for in the second. I uh, had a few runs to bowl to too. It was a, it was a good Test match. I think he's about five hundred ninety five, didn't they? Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember how many runs you got though, Tommy? Did you peel off a uh, few runs? I Just looking now. You know, I edit that stuff from my mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we won't. We won't. Well, even he went down that path. Uh, and un- unfortunately, we'll have to talk about the batting. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'd like to know what, what about a team highlight? Obviously, winning against South Africa after taking eleven wickets, enormous. But is there one test that's more special from a team's perspective? That um, you might not have had a big contribution in, but is there one test that sticks out on that in that capacity? I beat South Africa by nine wickets. That, that was one amazing. that you're talking about, Tommy, at Eden Park. Incredible test. Yes, that was that was yeah. I mean, as far as having um, all the people that I looked up to um, when I was trying to get into that side playing and and beating South Africa, you can see how much it meant to them. Um, I think on the other side of that, um, you know, the number of years that I played against Australia. And I think uh, would have had my ass handed to me on 98% <laughs> of the occasions that I played them. Um, the um, test at Hobart, where I think you know a lot of the younger guys came in and they played really well, um, and we managed to beat you know uh, a, probably an aging um, South, uh, an aging um, Australian side at Hobart. So I think when I sat in that changing room, I would have probably felt a little bit like. Um, Flem and Kenzie beating South Africa, you know, like it's a it's a different yeah. feeling uh, when you've been trying for that long to actually beat somebody that's generally too good for you. So Hobart definitely, yeah, absolutely. Do you do you remember who the man of the match at Hobart was? We we were chatting well, about do, this yesterday he, in the commentary box. Yeah, he's the most hated man in in, in world cricket. Um, so it's not Doug Bracewell. Um, but um, Devi. Yeah, <laughs> Davy Warner, <laughs> Davy Warner. But it that's was a pretty, a, it was a pretty special, just like, made, classic. In, made in Test hundred, right? Yeah, but just classic though. I mean, New Zealand win in in Hobart, win the series. Dougie Brace will get six for, and they give it to Davy yeah. Warner. Very, very Australian. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah uh, understand. The batting. Are you sick? Of, you sick of questions about your batting? Commentary about your batting, Chris? How do you and your batting get along? Um, much. Like, uh, well, I suppose 
<laughs> it's a very hard question, actually, because um, I know uh, that I've got a very um, good sense of humour. I'm I'm pretty laid back. Yes, um, I yeah. can take it on the chin from most people, um, especially um, when they start talking about my batting. Um, but again, every now and then I, I won't take it that well. But it's very yeah few and far between. Um, and I've earned that reputation as as the walking wicket, as the you know, sort of um, the bunny. Um, so whatever you want to call me in those terms, I deserve it. Um, so, uh, but again, I suppose I always end up falling back onto the, you know, there's someone there in their 90s um, and they need to get through to 100. And I, I didn't let, um, I don't think I let anyone down at test level. Um, I can't re- remember at first class level, but I generally get you through when there's something on the line. Yeah. Well, well I actually told Daniel Orfeig uh, Tommy, I said that uh, I was your, I don't know if you remember, but I was your batting coach in Sri Lanka. Yeah, where they, they paired you up with uh, a batter. <laughs> and, and he said, oh, well, because they blame everything on me in the show. So he, he blames your batting prowess on me now. Fair enough, I say. Well, you and Craig McMillan, he was the other one who was paired up to, to help me out. Um, yeah, I, I think I just had to give up on it um, and, and accept that, you know, I, I was pretty shit. Um, could hardly pick the ball up, slightly scared. Uh, and if I had my time again, I might try and bat a little bit like Bolty, which is um, swing for the swing for the hills and, and yeah. hope that you um, get hold of a few. Well, if, well, if I, you can't pick it up, you can't pick it up, right? right? Well, I am going to uh, bring up some, some stats here, Tommy, for you, because um, <laughs> when I was your batting coach in Gaul and Colombo, you, you scored... You scored two runs, but you faced 50 deliveries um, in those two runs, and you didn't get out once. That was the key. You didn't get out once. So um, there you go. Okay. Was I successful or not? I'd, I'd have to say that maybe there, yes. it was the starting of something special, and then you must have moved to someone else. Way to make this about yourself, coach. Grant. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Absolutely it might have been awesome. half, half of my career deliveries facing that one innings to you. So you, you can take <laughs> Well, just before the black clash, I'm more than happy to give you some yeah. throwdowns. Are you are you excited um, to get back on the field again, Tommy? I, I think so. Um, it, it's just I, I need to do a bit of prep. I just need to make sure that you know the embarrassment levels are are um, a little lower um, than uh, perhaps my last game of cricket that I played. But um, I definitely want to get down there, and I definitely want to be part of that event. And I think having seen it on the telly and, and seen the crowds that support it and seeing the people that play um, definitely enjoy the game. So I'm really looking forward to it, actually. Well, there's, a, there's a couple of tips I have. The first one is don't get first night fever. We say that every year. Um, and the second one is is don't use the same run-up you used when you started <laughs> playing because Millsy did that and I think he was a metre short on his first delivery when he tried to take off. I won't be doing that. Yeah. Good advice. Please, please tell me you've still got the headband and that will make an appearance. Well, it has to really. Um, even though yeah. in my career I only wore it at various times. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely pull the headband out. Absolutely. Brilliant stuff. And these days, how are you involved in sport as we get you out on this one? Um, I think just through my kids, really. Uh, I mean, they they know everything and, and anything to do with whatever they're doing, but um, I'm there watching and giving advice. But they are um, they're playing a little <laughs> bit of cricket. They're playing netball. Um, you know, they're good little swimmers. They're, they're awesome, awesome girls to be around. And I think 
that's where sport for me is right now. Apart from, um, you know, I'll be tuning in to watch the Black Caps a wee bit. Um, I'm enjoying watching the uh, the baseball at the moment, it's the playoffs. So that's that's a big part of, you know, relaxing uh, is having a cold ale and watching sports. So yeah, that's about it for me. Brilliant stuff. Well, Chris Martin, thanks for all the memories. Thanks for being uh, great to deal with over the years. We look forward to speaking to you down the line. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Tommy. Awesome, Always Daniel. great chatting Thanks to you. And, uh, we do need to catch up for uh, for barbecue at some stage. We do, absolutely. I'm I'm barbecuing today, to you, so um, I'll send you a right. Get that <laughs> get that beanie on. <laughs> All good. <laughs> All right. Chris Martin joining us, part of our Saturday session legend segment. Uh, over seventy test matches for New Zealand. Uh, over two hundred test wickets, two hundred and thirty-three to be exact. Uh, impressive career for sure.